Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. Hope you've taken time to download that. You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And, of course, you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I'm not alone today. I've got a friend back in the studio. i got Miss Christiane Thomas. She is the founder of Leading by Example, and they're doing workshops now across the state. But when you hear that Mississippi is leading in mental health, or at least trying to address it, we really are making strides in our state. I think that's a good thing. So welcome back, Christiane. Thank you, Miss Rebecca. It's been a minute. You've been busy. Yes, ma'am. This, I have. This, okay, let's just kind of go back, because this is your brainchild. This was your baby <laughs> project. You came in full of passion and fire, hoping to spread the word. And be careful what you pray for, right? <laughs> right. You predicted this. You, you said it. You I said like, it was going to catch on <laughs> and it was going to be a good thing. How long, when did you first get the idea for leading by example? During the pandemic. Uh, what was that, 2020? Yeah, 2020, the year in which we don't discuss. <laughs> it was back in 2020. Um, you know, we were sitting at home. Um, mental health became uh, a topic uh, because people, mental health was challenged. During that time when we was just, you know, we was all sitting still looking at each other. And isolated. Very isolated. Uh, with me, for sure, uh, my son was off at college. They still continued school. So it was like, I'm at home. What am I going to do with all this time? So I started just hearing different people talk about different things. So I was like, okay, let me just put some stuff together and see what happens. So that's kind of how this was kind of birthed out of that idle mind it it wasn't the devil's workshop this time <laughs> no not at all and with your years of experience in law enforcement you thought that was kind of a good place to kind of start or at least start the conversation how did you bridge those two i guess uh passions or interests together well working as a law enforcement officer and in the courts i saw a lot of things that was needed then as officers um we needed more tools to put on our belt um, to make sure that we was, you know, we had to take care of ourselves during the pandemic. Because you think about everybody was pretty much at home, but first responders had to report to work. Uh, there was no off time. Um, some may have been fortunate, you know, according to what our positions was, to work home. But then there's time we had to break that barrier and actually go out in the community. So our mental health became an issue, um, stress, anxiety, some even depression. So I was like, if we're not right, we can't help anybody else. So that's kind of one of my presentation. Do I need some help? You know, when I say that, people always kind of look like, what? Yeah, do we as law enforcement or first responders or correction officers or probation officers, do we need help in order to help people that we encounter on a daily basis? And yes, we do. 
Why is there such a stigma? Or I guess I'm sure the answer feels, um, you know, like it's just right there. But why is there such a stigma within uh, law enforcement and first responders or corrections officers to sort of raise their hand and say, you know, I mean, if they were sick, if they had COVID or they had the flu, I'd call in or whatever. But it's the when you're not feeling right inside and it's affecting your job. Why don't we come up? It's perceived as weak. Um, then according to what position that you're in, if you're carrying a weapon, um, your weapon may be taken from you for your own safety and others. It's a lot that goes into it. Um, and then if we know a cohort may be going through, you know, some serious mental issues, we're very reluctant because we don't want to put that tag on that person. But I tell them all the time, I would rather tag that person then for us to be giving you a 21 gun salute, you know, something of that. I mean, I just be real with them. Um, sometimes it's, you know, we have to get that knot, as I call it, out of our throat and do what is in our best interest or our cohort best interest. And then, too, looking out for each other, because I know in law enforcement as well as first responders, rarely are you out on the job alone. Or if you are in your own uh, vehicle, you've kind of you're staying in contact with a bunch of people. And so it's taking care of watching for those same signs for, you know, the ones you're showing up for shift for or you're just spending a lot of time with. Because sometimes a person won't necessarily raise their hand for themselves, but a friend can kind of nudge and start to ask questions, too. Okay, you started with your your uh, small trainings here centrally. <laughs> what was your first vision for it? I mean, it started out very modest, and it's grown. <laughs> it has grown. Um, my first vision when I first got it, I wanted to, I brought in the minister's um, elected officials and executive in law enforcement. And um, my best friend is on the pro, pro board. Marlo Stewart was like, why would you put all three of those together? <laughs> sounds That's like a, a, a joke, <laughs> a minister, <laughs> whatever, walked into a bar. Right. And he was like, are you serious? I said, yes, because typically when people need help, those are the three people that you're probably going to encounter. Your mm-hmm. clergy, your elected official, and you know, everybody think the police can fix everything. everything. Yeah. So those are the people that need the training, I feel like, need the resources, need to know what to look for, if they need to refer somebody over um, to, you know, your community mental health center, what the Department of Mental Health have available. I tried to make sure all of that information was in those workshops uh, when I provided it to them. So it went over well. Um, you know, you covered it, the media covered you told me this about to blow up. <laughs> so I, here I am now. Get ready to represent the state again. Again. So how did we get to this moment, Christiane? I know you just left earlier with the legislators. Your what the message that you're getting out there is starting to really catch on. More people are interested in it. So how has it kind of grown to a statewide program over the last year or two years? Well, I have been all over the state again. Um, last year, I was privileged to um, have over 250 chiefs at the chiefs conference for two hours. <laughs> so anybody that knows police chiefs, you got You had I had a task, but it really w- went over well. Um, there was no resistance. Um, they had a lot of concerns. It was valid concerns. Um, I tried to make sure we I provided them with as much information possible in those two hours. Um, from that, I've had several trainings to derive from um, going to the chief to where I went back to their department individually and did training for their employees there. So when I go to the departments, whether it's uh, the chiefs, the sheriffs, or 
you know, they bring in everybody. I did Reservoir Patrol. I always tell them, bring the dispatchers, everybody that's going to be in contact with, with a call. You need to make sure that all those people be on the same page. What were some of their concerns? I mean, I'm sure it's different because uh, each city has a different culture, and then each department also has a different culture within it that it may have specific needs. But were there some that kind of overlapped where it was like, okay, maybe maybe this is something I hadn't thought about that needed to be addressed? Yes, pretty much they wanted to know what resources or what to look for. Um, I tell them the resources are out there, so we just got to go tap into them. Um, the Department of Mental Health has a great website where you can just go on and click, and it'll tell you every mental health resources that have registered with them throughout the state. There are other um, organizations that actually is trying to do a, a large resource um, binder, and it's going to be electronic. Um, we are moving um, where we need to be, you know, progressing little by, uh, little, by little. And then... Um, they just want to know some of them, you know, when I did my own agency, Department of Corrections, and I shared with Commissioner Kane um, last week, I did 14 sessions last year for probation parole officers. Not one time did I do a session where someone didn't come up to me during break, um, after the class, or I received a text or phone call or both when I was leaving and going home. Um, we as officers do have internally things going on with us but some of them didn't want to share it with the class you know you know that stigma i didn't want anybody to know so the need for law enforcement and mental health training and mental health just self-care it is there we we gotta take care of ourselves is there a way for you to get anonymous help if you're in law enforcement, like where, you know, maybe it's not, uh, I, I know, I guess, well, the 811 number would be, or is it? 988. Do not call 811. Do not call 811. They'd be asking you where you wanted to dig. You'd probably get a really good laugh, though, if you were in a bad mood and you called the wrong number. Um, but the right number, so I guess that would be one of the best places. 988. 988. The crisis, mental health crisis um, line. It is a great resource. As a matter of fact, I just got off the statewide um, committee meeting this morning. We had a two-hour meeting. Um, they are putting out information. Um, there's going to be more um, So PSAs. that's one of those resources. Right. But what I'm hearing from you, Christiane, is there are a lot more resources for mental health and your upcoming workshops. So we're going to get to that more coming up next. Okay. Love is kind, love is all we really got Never fails, never leaves Faith, open love, and the greatest of these is Love people, love people We all need love people Underneath the surface, everybody's the same Everything that could divide us Can we all set that aside and just love? Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget you can watch us on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. We're continuing our conversation with Christiane Thomas. She's the founder of Leading by Example, offering mental health workshops statewide for law enforcement, for first responders, for correction officers. Who all else in there? For elected officials, whoever wants churches, to come. Churches. Schools, whomever. Whomever <laughs> wants to come. And it feels like everybody wants to have what you're doing implemented into their programs or, you know, their institutions, which I think is a really good thing. Part of this, though, since you created this, is you have gone around and looked at what other states are sort of doing. Do you pull from that or or also do you realize, hey, Mississippi is really putting mental health first in a lot of areas before other states have thought about it? Well, both. I'm going to go back to one yeah. of the other resources for law enforcement was uh, Mississippi First Responders. They do have um, some help for law enforcement. You can always call Ms. Ruth um, over at Mississippi First Responders. They do have counselors or therapists available for law enforcement. That's one of the things I found out as I got deeper over into, you know, just meeting mm-hmm. people and networking that it's available for law enforcement. And it's one of those where you reach out and you get your help, but it's not necessarily an automatic ding at work or wherever. You Absolutely. just wave your white flag and quietly can go and get the help that you that you need there so that's great to know yes but we are um, taking a progressive approach towards uh, mental health Um, other states are um, Alabama and Louisiana you know they our sister states I did um, you know I just kind of rolled the dice I said let me see just what I got um, for me so I submitted um, for approval for continuing education I already had received it here in Mississippi, so I said, why not try next door? So I tried Louisiana, and they send it back and say, it's approved. And I said, well. So you back it on your traveling shoes. Right. So then I tried Alabama, and I got approval back from them for continuing education for law enforcement. Um, One of the things, um, as I was sharing with you earlier, Louisiana have where officers have so many hours per year that they have to take for continuing education. And mine's fall up under the mental health continuing education is one of the electives. That's what I would like to see Mississippi um, at some point get there. And I think we're making that, that um, progress because Representative Creekmore actually have the House Bill 1222, um, which is going to require law enforcement to have um, what is it? Mental health first aid, public safety, and then have at least one officer certified in CIT, Crisis Intervention Team. And the Crisis Intervention Team is just working with your community mental health center. We have a point of entry, which would be a hospital, that if somebody's in a mental health crisis, you can take those persons there um, to get an evaluation or it may be a stabilization center um, through the Department of Mental Health. We're just trying to make sure jail is not the answer. And mental health should not equal death either. So um, the only way to do that is, you know, just take an honest approach about what do we need, what we don't have, and all of us coming to the table trying to figure out how to get it. So your workshops are twofold, Christiane. It's one, taking care of you, the law officer or the first responder, your own personal mental health and sort of taking, uh, I guess, um, account for that. But then also how to respond or what to see when you're on the job or in the community from others. So is it is it two-pronged in each workshop? Like, do you kind of address both? I do. Um, it doesn't matter whether I'm at a church, school, 
PTA meeting, whichever one it is, I'm going to always talk about the mental health part, and then we get to the self-care. I always call it selfish self-care that we all need to practice at some point um, in our time. I would say every week, just don't do it every day while you're at work, though. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got understanding bosses out right, there. But we need to practice some self-care for ourselves to make sure that we're okay. What are some of those self-care tips that maybe you give, that, particularly the first responders in the law, um, the office? Because it feels like maybe what they come home with is a little bit different. And I would say even healthcare professionals who work in, you know, ER or critical care uh, units or pediatrics, it's just a little, their stress and what they bring home may be a little bit different than us with, you know, n- not life and death jobs or saving life and death. It is. And sometimes it's just taking, getting away. You know, just getting away from everything. Um, I actually did that this weekend, went with some friends, and I left computer at home. <laughs> they was like, you didn't bring anything? No. Um, the only thing I had was my phone, but I didn't check no work email, no nothing. It was just a time just to do nothing but bore yourself. I, you know, I told a friend of mine, I just sat there till I bored my own self. You know, sometimes that's a good thing to do. Um, one of the things I do, um, a lot of times I would just have nothing on in my house. Um, my friend came over, she came to pick up some food one day and she was like, you got company? I was like, no. She said, why are you just sitting here like this? The light on, you just sit. it was just my meditation. You know, what I do, you know, just to kind of, Deep decompose, you know, just um, decompress. We're not decompose, but you know, I don't want to decompose. <laughs> that long rest. Right. Then we call eight one one and bury you. <laughs> so you know, just to you know, get myself and my thoughts together. That's that's some of the things that I do. And then get in the car, and just take you a ride. You know, just don't leave and nobody ever see you again. But you know, just make sure you you got to figure out what it is that you need to do because what I what relaxes me may not do the same for you. I think there needs to be a resurgence in adults having hobbies outside of their families or with their families, not maybe outside of their families, but then also outside of their profession. So when the coloring came back for grown-ups, I found adult coloring books odd to say. So grown-ups, when grown-ups... <laughs> I'm always on that. It's just so odd for them to just display that. Um, it was just them doing something, you know, with their hands or something they enjoyed maybe, you know, before they became uh, worked up with all the pressures of, a, of being an adult. Or it's playing basketball or it's picking up, uh, I don't know, any sort of activity that just brings you. You do it with your hand or do something with your hands and distracts you, but it also brings you joy. And I think we miss that as adults. We let that go. Absolutely. And and we got to do that. I mean, figure out what you what what's good for you. So um, I thought about the adult coloring books because a friend of mine is actually was talking about buying everybody one. I was like, really? It sounds like it's a terrible <laughs> name. Terrible PR. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> Crayons for grownups. I don't know. But. Right. <laughs> but it's just a way, you know, people, you're at, you're forced to put down the phone. I know as we move into the springtime and the summer, a lot of uh, us all get busy outside or back into our gardens, but we kind of lose that throughout the year. But it's about being intentional with just ways to sort of relax yourself or or whatever it may be. I love at the beginning of the year the idea that some want to read. They have, they set like 12 books a year and do it with like uh, going back to hard books, Christiane, because right. it makes you put down your devices, de- you know, um, your digital downtime. And I think that's so important. We don't give that enough credit. Even if your work email isn't on your computer devices, 
you're so locked in on scrolling, doom scrolling, that it, it sticks with you. It's hard to let it all go. And that's something I found myself doing a lot of reading on my electronic device. So what I've started doing is printing it off. Then I realized my eyes not like they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always that good that good balance with it as so well. Was the first time I was like, this don't look. So when I went to the eye doctor, she was like, you need glasses. <laughs> I was like, okay. But I, that's one of the things, you know, put your device down and actually physically read it um, or have the book or whatever the report is. And that's one of the things I've started doing. You know, the other piece to your work, Workshop, so Christiane, is this idea of connecting with the community, or um, I guess with law enforcement, though they are uh, working with the community, they're coming, they don't know who they're going to approach that day. But that's the same for all of us, though, right? And not that we're going to connect the lady at the line at the grocery store or the, you know, the grumpy man at the whatever to their mental health services. Do not elbow them and be like, you know, the Department of Health has some great, some great resources. I think being aware of what to look for also can be helpful and keep you safe as well. What are some of those, I guess, um, telltale signs that, hey, this person may need to be handled with care? Well, their appearance could be some, and then what their speech are saying, um, if they're acting kind of erratic, you know, mumbling things that people can't understand. But one of the things I, I told uh, the mental health people when I first started working as a law enforcement person, you can experience drugs and put you in a psychotic state. And as a law enforcement officer, we, we don't know the difference. So, but as the law enforcement officer, it's a good thing to have mental health training because once this person do come down off of whatever type of illicit drug they may have experienced with, then it may be a mental health issue that they're dealing with. Um, you know, and a lot of times people use drugs, you know, instead of med- medication, you know, for their mental illness. But once that medica- uh, the drugs wear it off, you still got the mental illness. So it just, it's kind of hand in hand. And just being aware of it, too, I think is the big part. And, too, being aware of when your next uh, workshops are going to be offered. I know you're headed out all over the state, so we'll get to that and more with Christiane coming up next. Be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't do it. Be happy. Put a smile on your face. Don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry. Be happy. I'm not worried. I'm happy. Got FM. Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
You can watch good things. We're on computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can now watch Super Talk TV live on C Spire TV. If you've got that, you can find us on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel, which, Rhino, I'll put you on the spot. Do we have any weather updates? I'm seeing all the alerts, but it's not an average alert day. Is it just for Central Mississippi, for everywhere? What should we be thinking of the weather? Uh, it's pretty much, if you are in the Magnolia State, you have a between a 60 to 99% chance of the wet stuff. And uh, you might want to be on the lookout for wind events making their way across the Magnolia State with some suspected gusts up to 40 and 50 miles an hour. That's angry air moving through, <laughs> moving through. So stay weather aware. And of course, if we ever need to, we will break in and keep you updated. But you can also stay updated with weather on your Super Talk app if you download it and click the weather alerts. Don't you wish you could have like mental health alerts? Like, you know, with all the, the new devices, Christiane, that you wear from the different oval rings to the smart watches to all of that, you wish you could figure out something that would come up and say chill pill like take a chill pill and i feel like with all the data now you can get um you probably could see trends or but really if you're just in tune with your own sort of mental health state or if you're feeling frustrated or overwhelmed which that really is the first step in your own self-care is being able to recognize when you're starting to frazzle and then stepping stepping back from that then, you know, you could offset a lot of the, I guess, spiraling effects, you know, sort of of that. But your workshops aren't just for self-care. They're also for uh, those that are out there to protect and serve to be able to do that. And you've got a lot coming up. So what's, what's on your agenda for the next probably 12 months, 12 years? <laughs> well, this week I'll be headed to Oxford, Mississippi for the Mississippi Justice Court Clerks. I'll be there as a presenter. Then I'll come back home for a day, and then I'll be headed to New Orleans to the American Probation Parole um, Association Conference. It is the largest um, probation parole association in the United States. We're having a regional in New Orleans this year, and I will be a presenter and the roundtable panelist. And also, I sit on the committee and represent the state, so uh, we was in a committee meeting and they asked for, they wanted a formal incarcerated person that is out in the community making a difference and just doing, you know, making a, uh, a big difference. So the first thing came out of my tongue was Miss Pauline Rogers with the Reach Foundation. And I had seen Miss Pauline several times, but I had never just interacted with her. So I just rolled off her name and I said, I hope she can do it. So um, when I contacted her, she was just in awe. And she was like, are you serious? And I said, yes, ma'am. And I said, I just believe in being my sister's and brother keeper. I say, and why not display a Mississippian? You know, if I have the opportunity and I'm sitting at the table, I said, because I'm proud to say I know you and I want the world to see you. So come on, we headed to New Orleans. Well, you wanted to bring her here to good things to share, yes. share what she's doing there with the reach, but sadly, uh, I guess scheduling conflicts. So give us a little background. Why was she the first person you thought of when you thought about those type of, uh, characteristics? I saw Miss Pauline work. Um, she helps incarcerated inmates kids out with everything from school clothes um books toys um she make a difference and then when um 
um, female inmates are released from prison, if they have nowhere to go, she gives them a home um, and makes sure, you know, getting back on their feet. She was just featured on WJTV the other night. Um, out of all the women that have gotten out, her recidivism rate is right at 100%. Nobody has gone back. So She's she, doing something right. She's doing a lot right, and she's been doing this um, for over 30 years. So, you know, when somebody's been in the game that long for 30 years and if I have the opportunity to put them on this stage so, you know, other people can see the work, then I just believe that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's what I did. There's, you know, a lot of shifts in mindset or challenging old mindsets or trying to think of ways to do things differently from, you know, um, drug stops or drug arrests to now mental health. But. It feels like the things that work the best maybe are real intense and real whatever. But you and Miss Pauline and all those are running towards that instead of away from that or trying to find bullet point, bullet, you know, bullet point sort of ways to fix it, you know, a sort of or put a uh, bandaid on a bullet uh, hole, I guess would be another way to sort of th- think about it. So what keeps you pushing in, even though it feels like you're drinking from, you know, a, a, uh, ocean. A, an ocean, <laughs> say fire hydrant, but ocean's fine, too. Well, what keeps me pushing in is like what I was sharing with you earlier when I'm sitting at my desk and I get a call from the commissioner, my my employer. Because um, you have a day job, too. Yeah, I have a real day job from Commissioner Kane, and he asked me about mental health and what, you know, me being certified and can you teach us? And I said, well, sure, Commissioner, what do you need us to do, need me to do? So when he told me, so um, I came up with a mental health training tier from, for our agency where we can implement it what we call on the community correction side, which is probation, parole, and institution, which is the prisons, um, for the corrections officers. Um, that's what my task is when I get back from New Orleans. <laughs> I will jump into that. He have given me the green light. You know, he needed it done. Um, I was in a position that I knew how to do it, and he's one of those people, go do it, you know. Go ahead. This is what I want you to do. So um, that's when you get those kind of phone calls out of nowhere. It let me know that the work that I'm doing is not in vain. It is valued and it is needed. Um, This is by far probably one of the largest mental health, um, I would say, mental um, training that we're going to just, you know, do a bliss and just jump in, you know, mass training, you know, for all the facilities um, is what we're getting ready to try to do within the next 60 days, I would say we will start, we will start on February the 1st and the next 60 days we'll be hitting each facility, um, doing the shadow to silence, which is a suicide prevention training, um, for law enforcement, um, and corrections, which is give them what signs to look for, what things, you know, to prevent it, what questions to ask, you know, because they're there working with those inmates inside of the facility. And my future, um, uh, working with um, the workforce deputy commissioner Bradley Lom um, up under him, we was talking, and you know, I told him he said, "Well, how? Do, what do you see this at?" I say, "Not only do we need to get the correction officers, we need to get the people that's being released, um, the inmates. Um, they need to know or have some idea if they get out, things get stressed, depressed, you know, anxiety. They start thinking suicidal thoughts." What can they do? You know, what resources are available for them? Because they still a human being that's coming outside of those doors. And we got to make sure as part of reentry, we prep them with that information also. 
This is just the start. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that once it starts to sort of sink in and then it'll become part of the culture and then it'll grow and then, you know, it's more accepting and more understanding. You know, you'll start to see the benefits, but it starts as just a little bitty seed. And I can't help but think back, Christiane. I mean, <laughs> this was a little bitty seed during the pandemic. And there's so many. I told you it was going to grow. You're, you going to, you're going to end up with a forest because it's needed. And I think it's a, it's the perfect timing where everyone's a little bit more acceptable of, th- of, of open minded when it comes to mental health. Um, but I don't want to lose sight either of the fact that, you know, you had this idea. You wouldn't have fa- – I think if you would have known two years later or three years later <laughs> you would be here talking about this, you might not would have done it. <laughs> and that's sort of how sometimes when you have dreams and visions or ideas, it's just good to only see one stair at a time, um, you know, up the staircase. But – but, you know, there's so many others listening that may have a good idea for their community or for their workplace or, you know, to help. And it's like, just step out and see, right? Go ahead. Yes. Um, when I first started, <laughs> my family and friends thought that I needed a little mental help. <laughs> I was like, nobody's going to listen to this stuff. And so I just kept on. I just, I, really, I just tuned them out. And you know, I was just saying, you know, I feel like the calling is on me. I've been anointed with it. I was like, first time I, couple times I was like, you know, Lord, why me? You know, so why not you? That's what my pastor said. So I just went on and just, I said, I'm just going to keep going. You know, and every time I would get this done, then something else would come up. So I say, well, okay, I'm just going to keep riding. I don't know where it's going to lead to, but my thing is, if I could save one life, that's worth me doing when I was, and that's my biggest thing is making sure, you know, when I get phone calls about like the other night, I think it was Friday night or Saturday night, somebody called me, um, about a young man that had taken his life. You know, I, my biggest thing was, I wonder what we could have done. You know, I go into that mode or I'm actually on the weekend, not doing anything. And I get a call from one of my coworkers and said, I hate to bother you. And I'm, you know, my heart dropped at that point. And But it was an offender that was on their caseload, like house arrest, that had attempted suicide. So it's yeah. things like that that you get the calls that you get that we could save one life. So where can we go to get more information? You could always go to my Leading by Example MS Facebook page. Um, the Department of Mental Health has um, help available. You can go on that website, and you can also dial 988 if you're in a mo- mental health crisis. And 811 if you need to do two working days a week. <laughs> uh, Christiane, no, I feel like this will be the first of many. Uh, congratulations. Keep the good work up. And you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Baby, lay on back and relax. Kick your pretty feet up on my dash. 
Welcome back to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. But you can subscribe to the Supertalk Mississippi News this week in Mississippi newsletter, and you'll get the news stories you need to know from the most powerful name in Mississippi news delivered to your email inbox. You can sign up for free. Just go to supertalk.fm slash newsletter. And I appreciate Matthew the Bagpiper uh, text in, play a musical instrument is a good way to maybe gain a new hobby or do something that... That gives you a little digital downtime or detachment from, you know, just everything that uh, weighs on us uh, here in the modern sort of adult world. Rhino, I know you're really good at digital downtime. How do you sort of set those boundaries for yourself? You're much better at it than I am. Well, it all started with a very, uh, I don't want to use the word caveman-like approach, but I, I didn't utilize the digital tools at my disposal. I would just take my phone put it in the drawer of my nightstand, go in the other room, and ignore it. Or I'd have it on vibrate <laughs> or something. And then I figured out, oh, How wait, the, the operating system on the, on the Apple iPhone has these features. And my, on my own vote, it was called Do Not Disturb. Now mm-hmm. it's called Focus or something, and there's a couple different things. But I just went in when I got my upgrade and set it up to where at specific times of the day and on weekends... It's going to go into do not disturb or focus or sleep, depending on what time of the day it is. And unless your number is saved in my favorites for people that need to get in touch with me at those times, my phone's not going to ding. It's not going to alert me. It's not going to bother me. So it allows me to disconnect and and spend more time focusing on frivolous activities. It doesn't just, matter, yeah. Just something to... To get your mind off the day-to-day. I think for those who also, I know we call it doom scrolling, and some of you may say, oh, I don't really do that. I just go through and whatever. If you were honest with yourself about how much time you spent just mindlessly sort of scrolling, and it's almost like our brains, eyes, and hands have gotten addicted to always having to be busy. If you can give yourself a little bit of break from that, because like your brain never stops processing if you always have it doing something, even if it's not intentionally going down the rabbit hole of something that raises your blood pressure. And I think a lot of our mental health would be better just in general if we could police ourselves a little bit more with that kind of, um, I guess, uh, that kind of activities. Because man, it is embarrassing, if you're honest with yourself, how much time a lot of us spend doing that. And if you don't have social media, I think your life is probably better of it. I'd love to see like some sort of formal study of those that have withstood social media, getting on it at all for this long, right? And then those who didn't of the same age, because it's not fair if you're wiser in years and you don't have it, like if you're in your 70s, that's... I'm less impressed with you not having social media than if you're 25, right? And so, if but that all boils down to what you consider to be social media. Uh, the The internet as we know it nowadays is pretty much just a network of interconnected social media platforms in one way or another. It's not like the internet that you and I grew up learning and that kids nowadays don't even know know existed, where you could surf the internet. Where you had the the address to one place, mm-hmm. and then you linked off from there to explore the world wide web. Because you think about apps that you use on your phone, or you have it on your smart TV, or something like YouTube. 
you wouldn't really think of it on the face of it as being a social media platform, but there are entire sections of YouTube where it's just drama in between YouTubers and fights in the comment section, and it's just like any other social media. It's just got a video at the top. Because even if you're an introvert by nature, you're really being extroverted by putting yourself in all these conversations and scenarios, even if they're not necessary around you, and it's physically draining. And I just don't think we give it enough credit for how it's affecting affecting us, even if it's just the mindless thing that we like to do at the end of a day or whatever, you know, just being, I guess, more intentional about your digital downtime. I know that would do us all uh, a little bit of good, including, I mean, I'm totally guilty at that. Sometimes it's just like my hands need something to do. I think I feel like maybe that we need fidget spinners back. That's what we need. Give our little hands. So where did those where did the, where did those go? They were like the biggest rage. They were a huge like thing, huge. and then they were everywhere. And then and the poppets. Then they were in the bargain bin. And then the poppets came for all the kids to sort of again. It's like just to give your your Which thumbs I mean, and fingers something is, to do. That's just the newest iteration of. You remember going to the the fl- the furniture market or the the flea market, and you had the clackers, the little plastic handle with yes, the two. Yes, but those are entirely more obnoxious because they make sounds. But it's the same. It was yes. the same exact concept. The kid was doing something to. Although keep there busy. are parents listening that have had the poppers they've taken and thrown out the window because if they start to run their fingers down them and whatever, it's like stop it. <laughs> well, don't stop thinking about ways you can improve your mental health. I think it's something we all should be taking seriously. But also, don't stop listening. You got more coming up next. You got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from three to six. Rano and I'll meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.